everybody. Welcome to another episode of Unmasked. I am your host, Neil Getzlow. My producer, Ben Shrewsbury, is here with us this evening, although I'm here. You may not hear him during the episode, but you might hear him now during the intro. I'm here. I just didn't talk during the episode. Sorry, guys. No. Oh, no, no, it's all right. I appreciate you being here and, and recording and, and, and taking care of me like you always do every week. Thank you for that. And tonight we've got, uh, I, and I say this every week, but it's like I, I feel very blessed that I'm able to talk to so many very cool people. And tonight I talked to a really awesome couple um, by the name of Randall and Tracy Dowdy. They are authors. They just published a book. Well, I guess it's last fall called Beyond Impossible, How a Divine Visitation Brought New Life to a Marriage. And they've got an awesome journey of how God changed their life, uh, both individually and as a couple. And after experiencing a supernatural encounter with God and, and seeing how he was able to restore uh, their marriage in, in ways that they both couldn't deny, um, they, they are now committed to to kind of going out and, and talking about their journey. And it's, you know, when I was, I had met them a couple of months ago and had a conversation with him and we were just getting to know each other and listening to their story just brought up so many, so many feelings of how I feel as I think back to my own journey and, and the encouragement that, that, that Randall and Tracy uh, bring me for how they've been able to really, how they've been able to leverage the power of prayer uh, and leverage and, and the redeeming healing power of Jesus to to restore their marriage from some pretty broken places. And we get into all that over the next uh, hour or so. I hope you enjoy the conversation because I sure did. And, um, and their book is available on Amazon. And um, so I'd encourage you to check it out. So without any further talking on my part, let's just go ahead and unmask the journey of Randall and Tracy. Oh, Randall and Tracy, thank you so much for being on um, Unmasked this week. I appreciate it. Thank you. We're, We're glad to be here. Very much glad to be here. Excited to chat with you today. Yeah, I know. And I know we had a chance to connect uh, before we even recorded this show. Um, we had a chance to connect a few weeks ago and just get to know each other a little bit more. And I think there's so much synergy and uh, just, I can see God working in both of our lives and it's, it's pretty cool. So that's why I've been really, and I say this every week, like I, I feel like I'm very lucky. I get some awesome people to get to talk to and I am always excited. And this week, yes, continues the trend. I'm excited for you to be here and, and jump, jump right into it. So, um, why don't we just start? Why don't you just introduce yourselves and tell everybody kind of, I guess, how you got here? <laughs> <laughs> that's that's, a, that's a, a, a lot of uh, minutes, but uh, you want to yeah. start, Trace? Yeah, well, I'm Tracy. It's my husband, Randall, and we uh, wrote a book that got published last October called Beyond Impossible, How a Divine Visitation Brought New Life to a Marriage. And we're here because we had a supernatural encounter with God uh, back in March of 2019 that lasted for 10 days, and it has transformed our lives. Um, we, you know, did not think that something like that could even be possible. Um, and 
God gave us one mandate after that and during that encounter, and that was to show up and tell our story, tell our whole story and not leave anything out. And we, we were uh, a little bit, I would say, or at least for me, I was very nervous about showing up and telling our whole story because like you, Neil, uh, Randall and I spent a majority of our lives learning how to wear masks and um, we grew up in this, you know, in the Bible Belt in Dallas. Texas, Randall and I both were raised in the church. Uh, we both have uh, prayed to receive Christ and, and multiple times throughout our lives as small children, as teenagers, even as young adults. Um, our journey with God has been you know, long, but I think on the other flip side of that, sometimes when you grow up in church and you're around church and around church people, you live in a bubble and you end up getting very lukewarm in your faith because it's just what you've always done. It's what you've always known. And um, you left out one really important part. What's that? That if God wouldn't show up, that we wouldn't even be together yeah. anymore. That That's the huge thing that uh, God brought healing to our marriage and, and moreover healing to me, healed me in many, many ways. And, and uh, he peeled off uh, the mask that I was hiding and dug out all the pain that I had and, and made it all well. And uh, he can do that for everybody, Neil. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I think as I was, um, you know, I was going back and listening to some old interviews that you did. And, and Randall, I remember when you when you talked about this, um, you know, this vision that you've had, and when with, with God, God talking to you, and you said that you were pretty much kind of a skeptic you know, before that happened and didn't, you know, didn't necessarily believe in that sort of stuff. And in that, because I feel the same way. Yep. Like before I was saved and I mean, I was an atheist, so I, I had no religious background whatsoever and was completely on the other side of the, the equation. And um, I never would have believed that it could happen, but now it's almost impossible to deny <laughs> because of the heart transformation that took place inside of me. And I know that that's what happened to you during that, that whole 10 days when, when, you were Absolutely. listening to God. Yeah, I mean, uh, I didn't, when you say that, uh, I guess I didn't really believe in it at all, that these things could happen. I didn't believe in the gifts of the Spirit. And if any healings or, or anything divine like this really happened, it happened in Africa, someplace far away, and I knew nothing about it, and, and just through second and third, fourth hand stories that may or may not be true. And uh when I saw the vision, uh, you talk about the vision of the expanse when God showed me uh, my past, present, and future all alive, all encompassed uh, my entire life and every star, every light that was not stars, but lights like stars that were on the canopy, they all represented uh, events in my life, the good, the bad, the ugly, the, the wonderful, the beautiful. And they all had meaning. And uh, it's something where you can take all those things, your worst days, and God says, well, those had meaning too, and I'm going to turn them for the good. So anything that anybody's listening has had those types of things happen, uh, terrible things in their life, they're not wasted. God can, can redeem them and make them into a beautiful thing. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, it's happened to us. And so that's, um, and I love hearing it hearing it from other people and because i know that marriages are being 
healed and restored every day out there. And so, and, and marriages continue to be, need to be healed and restored. So it's important that we, we talk about these issues and, and, and confront it and, and speak at the evil that's in the marriages and, and knock it out. Um, and so for, for both of you, like you, but you had kind of an up and down relationship. I mean, you were married, got divorced and got back together, but that kind of all rooted though with, with pain in, in childhood, right? Yes. Yes, exactly. I mean, we, Randall and I both, uh, even though we did grow up in Christian homes, we both had uh, a lot of, a lot of, you know, childhood trauma growing up. Um, And we both had been married before we married each other and had children with our previous spouses. And so when we got married, we met at church in the singles department at a mega church in the Dallas Fort Worth area. We, we both were attending a Southern Baptist church and both reeling in our, our divorces and still, still quite a bit. Um, we didn't realize it until looking back, but we were not ready to even consider getting married again, but we did. And, uh, but we were still in pain from our previous marriages and we got married. We were married for eight years. Um, then we got divorced we did not see or speak to each other for five years and miraculously we got back together and we had been back together nine years and things were not going well um, when we had this encounter with God and it was really a divine intervention. So we had um, some serious trauma. You asked about trauma. In childhood, yeah. I right? mean, yeah. you know, I, so my parents got divorced when I was 11 and a year later, my my brother committed suicide and three weeks later, my father committed suicide. And so wow. I really just, my whole world just completely fell apart at the age of 12. I mean, my mother remarried right after my parents divorced. And so I really lost my mother to another, another husband, new family. And I lost my, my entire nuclear family. My, my mother is a great, great woman and she, you know, she's been a good mom, but, but for me as a 12 year old girl, I was, you know, my world was turned upside down in a dramatic way. And it, it carried throughout my life, just a sense of abandonment and, and low self-esteem and self-worth um, that I have really, you know, I grew up really trying to earn my love to everyone in my life. And uh, that served me in, well in some ways because I'm a high achiever and been, a, you know, um, successful entrepreneur, but at the same time, it's been difficult to have a authentic, transparent relationship with God Father because um, I haven't, I haven't been able to earn my love with Him, you know. And so sometimes when you are, um, when you do, when you, it's difficult to if you don't feel worthy of free, gracious love then you have difficulty wanting to be close to the father because you haven't earned it. Right. And that was, that's been, that was a difficult journey for me over my, over my lifetime. Understandable. I mean, I you know, I think it's also a point. We don't have intimate relationships. Like with my case with my father, more, moreover, you know, it was a superficial, I love you. It was never a really intimate relationship with my dad. My dad did not teach me how to, be a man it was almost you, you know you just you had to learn on your own and I didn't do too good of a job 
and learning on my own. Uh, I've been, uh, as Tracy said, I'd had two failed uh, past marriages and had uh, children by by both of uh, previous wives and, and, and was just struggling with all the, with my self-esteem already when it just getting out of high school, I was bullied for so many years and and I threw away all my uh, you know, high school annuals, all my books, and I, anything that reminded me of high school, I threw it away. All my relationship from, and I just wanted to get out of that town fast as possible. And so I joined the Navy right out of high school. And, uh, but that did not make uh, the self-esteem issues go away. They continued to travel with me until, I mean, all my life until, uh, until really God, God made all that well. I mean, I'm still successful in my life as far as uh, uh, business for the, you know, having my own business for years, but it was still a struggle. Isn't it? I mean, and I find it so interesting and I guess it's what they, what do they call it? Generational sin. Is that, yeah. Yeah, and, yeah. and like, because I, I experienced that myself, you know, my, my parents got divorced when I was nine years old and it, it, uh, that's what led me to all of the, the sexual sins that, that, cause I was looking for love in all the wrong places. Right. That's because I was trying to fill up my heart and that, that divorce was the start of it. And there was, we, I didn't have close relationships with my parents. Uh, fortunately, God, I was able to find God about uh, six months before my dad passed away and God really unlocked this window where I he wasn't a, he wasn't, my father wasn't a believer or, or any, he was Jewish, so he didn't have any real relationship with God, but it allowed me to at least say what I needed to say to him. And we did build a strong, closer relationship before he passed. And I'm grateful that God gave me that opportunity to do that. Um, but it's just, I just, you know, and I promised myself when I was, you know, younger, I, I'm not going to repeat the mistakes of my parents. I'm not going to get divorced. I'm not going to do these things that I saw my parents do. And what did I do? <laughs> I made the same mistakes. And I did just, too, Neil. I, I did. said the same thing. I'm not going to, I'm, you know, I'm not going to get divorced. I'm going to stay married forever. I'm never going to put my children through that. And we, we just replicated the same pattern that we were raised in. And it is, you know, you hear this phrase, generational sin or generational curse. And you think, oh, no, that's not real. But it is in a sense, because if you don't figure out how to break those patterns of behavior, either God has to, you know, deliver you from that, or you have to get into some therapy and really start peeling back the onion and working through like the patterns of behavior, get on the denial of those patterns of behavior, or you're just going to continue to pass them on to your children and their children and so on. It's a really important thing, Trace. I think, do you think it'd be appropriate to talk about the prophecy, generational sin that the lady said? Yeah. So yeah. when Randall and I, um, so Randall and I were married for eight years and we had a lot of struggles in our marriage during those eight years. Randall had had a undiagnosed uh, brain injury from rock climbing that was not, it wasn't so severe that he ended up in the hospital, but he bled out slowly for three days and, and stayed in the mountains with his buddies and then came home and he did go to the doctor and they said, no, there's really nothing we can do. And he just moved on. Well, that brain injury started to manifest in a really big way after we got married when stress kicked in. And 
you know, long story short, over eight years, we just had a lot of chaos. He ended up seeing a lot of psychiatrists. He was on a lot of, you know, heavy pharmaceuticals. There was infidelity. Um, and I divorced him. And um, I just had had enough. And I was like, I deserve better. And I, I can't do this with you anymore. And I'm out. And so, uh, and then I got into some therapy. And right after our divorce was final, I called Randall and, and because he didn't want to get divorced. He, he begged me not to divorce him, but I was just done, you know, and um, I, I felt guilty about that. And so we reconciled for about three months after our divorce was final. And we went, we, we went to a church that we'd never been to before. And while we were there, it was a Saturday night. It was a big church. There was probably 2,000, 3,000 people in the congregation. And at the end of the service, Randall said, I want, I want to go down and have some people pray over us. And, you know, let's try to get, you know, our marriage restored. And I didn't really want to go down. I was like, no, I don't really, I don't feel comfortable. I don't want to make a scene. I don't know these people. And Randall's like, please, let's go. So we go down to the end, to the, you know, we're at way high up in the balcony. <laughs> it's like 10 minutes to get down to the, to the front of this church. But we went there and my daughter was with us, Haley. She was probably 11 at the time. And we walk up to this couple and Randall looked at the couple and he said, this is my wife and my daughter. And then he paused and he said, actually, this is my ex-wife and my stepdaughter. And I'm trying to put this family back together again. Will you pray for us? And while we were you know, so, you know, the, the man just, you know, they all hold our hands. A woman's holding my hands. The man is holding Randall's hands and Haley's just kind of right there between us. And he, he prays some uneventful prayer. I don't even remember it. Um, but it was, it was nice. And then the woman looked up at me and she was holding my hands and she said, God wants you to know something. And I thought, wow, no one's ever said that to me before. Um, I'd never had anyone prophesy or, you know, but I, I said, okay. And she said, God wants you to know that you are a, you're a strong, powerful woman. You're a Proverbs 31 woman. And God is going to heal this marriage through you. And the generational sin, back up, she said, you don't need to care about what everyone thinks about you and what they're saying about you. He's going to restore this marriage through you. And the generational sin of your family is going to stop with you. You're going to start a new legacy. And I remember feeling just this warm, uh, buzzing feeling all over my body. And I just wanted to fall to the floor and just cry like a baby. I without a shadow of a doubt that this, that God was speaking through this woman to me. And, um, and so I went home and I wrote it down. It, it, one of the reasons why I knew it was from the Lord was just, A, I felt it through my, the Holy Spirit, but B, she said a phrase that my therapist had just said to me the night before in a therapy session that I was not a failure and that I was a, that I was a strong woman. And, and that God loved me. And so I knew that there was that correlation, that I, it was a confirmation. Um, so I wrote it down and then we ended our relationship three months later. We, we, we did not, after that, it just, it wasn't going to work out. And we didn't see or speak to each other for five years. And during those five years, I thought to myself, Lord, what was that? I know that was from you, but I'm never, ever getting back together with Randall Dowdy. 
I've, it's interesting is um, how you both handled that, that divorce because, you know, Tracy, you talk about going to therapy and talking to some, someone about it. And then Randall, you did what the, the average male did. You ran away and went up into the mountains. Exactly. I ran up into the mountains and, uh, you know, I, I took my pain with me. I didn't want to deal with it and I stuffed it. And when I was there living alone, uh, it was in a beautiful area uh, and uh, just uh, myself and my dog. And you have a lot of time to think when it's just you. And uh, I recall thinking, you know, I know or knew already I hurt my family tremendously. But what I hadn't really grasped, Neil, was that I'd alter their lives forever. It couldn't take back what I did. And what I did had altered their lives. And they were going to have to go forward from there. It was like, well, instead of this nice, uh, beautiful memory and legacy that you want to leave your children and, and you want to, you know, all these visions you've had of being a good band, a good person, I'd done exactly the opposite. I had no legacy to leave my children. I had uh, only pain uh, that I had left them. And, and that, you know, fast forward again, uh, years ahead, God made all that well. And it took a long time. And I had actually uh, given up 99.9% of hope that anything was ever going to change for me. In fact, uh, you know, it, at the end of those really nine years that Tracy and I were, you know, she was getting ready to kick me out before God showed up. It, it was that close. And, you know, I remember, uh, sorry, I remember thinking that, uh, you know, my life was over. It didn't matter when I died. I'd been a terrible father terrible husband here I was about to blow it again and uh, but God had other plans still good good dad yeah yeah absolutely so when he came to so we when we got back together you know we we were both better people and we were glad we were back together but you know we just continued to struggle and have chaos and you know at the time in which the lord showed up you know uh randall had been unemployed for five years and had been smoking marijuana every day and and uh and i was fed up again you know but but you know when he showed up he it was it was it was just absolutely incredible and i want randall to share more about the details of that but he he told Randall that we were that the demarcation line had been drawn and that a new legacy was born and that the generational of our the sin of our family was no more and that it was going to stop with us. And we believe wholeheartedly that God's promises are true and faithful and that he he is going to restore our family 100 percent. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, when actually what to, I, I saw you know, when God is with you in the way that he was with me, you don't, you're thinking from moment to moment. It's so intense. You're not thinking big picture. And it took us uh, weeks, months, even years in some cases to actually extract everything that actually really happened. It was that intense. And you just have to, in fact, it was trauma. We, one of our pastors said, you experienced trauma. It was, it, it was good trauma, but it, you know, nonetheless, it was trauma. And 
I could not adequately explain for the longest time, articulate what happened. It was too difficult. I would ramble. But uh, not long after after the Lord left on the 10th day, that he left in the way that he had been there for 10 days. He's always with us. But in the way that he had been there for 10 days, he left. And and uh, I finally agreed to let <laughs> Tracy interview me, right? Yeah, I interviewed <laughs> and, uh, him because I... I, I really hard time you know he, he just kept saying during the 10 days there are no words in any language to describe what I'm experiencing and the love I'm experiencing and he's God is beyond space time and dimension and some of the words that Randall was using were uncharacteristic of him um, and I knew that something very supernatural was happening but I I was not a hundred percent sure understanding what was happening. And, but then after, you know, Randall revealed that the father had left, which was also very confusing for me. I was like, I didn't even know he was here, here. And Randall's like, I've been trying to tell you that he's here, but, and then after he left, I said, well, let, let's talk about, you know, cause Randall had over six or seven visions during the 10 days. And he also kept repeating phrases over and over and over, like, it's been done. It's been written. Um, I was fully awake during the whole time, and I slept incredibly good every night. But I did, you know, my eating and drinking were really scary. And uh, you know, I knew where I was. I knew what was happening. What had happened the days before. But then the things kept coming. It was so intense. I can't. It, you can't even go there because it was so intense. You know, the barrage. It was like, Lord, just. You know, he'd be pouring his love and, and his goodness in you, and it was so intense. You'd say, Lord, just give me a few seconds. Let me catch my breath. My brain's on overload. It's trying to, uh, you know, it's trying to put everything together, what was happening, trying to bring reason to it. When, when it, you know, God, I, it was just too much for my brain. It, it was like there was an old brain, and then God turned on a new part of my brain is what it felt like. And it was running at, 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 at the speed of light. It was like supercomputing, trying to understand, trying to take it in. But uh, it, and there were, you know, doubts were not allowed. But back to what Tracy said, I'm going to fast forward. So we're there and it's still happening, still going on. But when I allowed Tracy to interview me, uh, she she asked me what I meant by certain things and and, one of the things that she asked is, what did you mean by it would not stand? I'm sorry, man, it's so emotional talking about it. It doesn't go away, Bill. It's been over three years feeling. now. It does not go away. And uh, we've got all this recorded, and it's been transcribed. But So I'm sitting there trying to explain to her what I saw, the, one of the visions that I saw. And uh, every just before preface every vision I saw every word that I heard I didn't have to go back and ask God what you mean by that it was fully understood everything was fully understood because Tracy was interviewing me she she asked me I believe it was a question what did you mean by this he just kept saying this it would it would not stand he just kept saying that over and over throughout the 10 days it would not you know it would not stand and so it, I, it goes back to the 
prophecy that that happened like that happened you know in 2005 tell them what you thought so this was 14 years ago there was you know this prophecy that god had shared in 2005 that you know the marriage would get restored through me um and that there you know that that uh we were going to start a new legacy and that the generational sin of our family would stop you know that we'd start this new legacy and so so I'm asking, I said, so what did you mean when you kept saying, you know, it would not stand? And so, you know, Randall said he had a vision of, um, of God. You want to share? Yeah, I'll share the vision. So I saw as I was on the couch there, uh, and just very emotional and crying. Uh, you know, I saw a vision of, of the Lord. It was a black and blue vision. Some were color. This one was black and blue. Several of them were black and blue. It was God uh, standing in a lofty place, and he was holding a staff. And when Tracy's father and brother committed suicide, he was angry, very angry. He wasn't angry with them. He was angry at the evil that perpetrated their act. And he literally picked up his staff, and he slammed it into the base of the universe, the base of space and time. Uh, I just knew it was that place and I saw it slam and, I, and he said in that time he slammed, he said, this will not stand. And when he said that, I saw splinters at the base. Uh, it, they started like you're cracking granite. It, they, at the base of the crack, it would be wide, a wide fissure and then Flowing out through space and time, little splinters getting smaller, 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 actually altering the course of our lives. They they went across space and time. I can't explain uh, any more than that, but I knew that God had, he always knows what's going to happen, but those, those splinters were, we were always meant to be together. I knew in that point. So that's where all the things, the good, the bad, the ugly, they were going to happen, but he was going to bring it back and was going to restore it. And so what, uh, what, when God said the marriage would be restored through you, Tracy had rightfully, I mean, uh, I guess, uh, you know, tried to apply reason to that. Well, God said, well, what happened when you were a kid? That's why I'm going to restore it. I'm going to restore it because you're going to be honored and esteemed because I kept saying long suffering too throughout, you know, throughout the whole time but during that same vision i'm going to jump back i saw him actually take his staff and draw a uh, a line like a line in the sand in the places un you know in the places unknown i i don't know where it was but it's just too beautiful for me to know and he drew a line and said this is the this is the demarcation line the old has gone away the new is now and so that's awesome and, and you know, and I, it is. And I would say, like, it's kind of like we talked about earlier, earlier, like two years ago, I would have said, no way. There's no way what you're telling me. There's no way you felt that. But going through my own and I, I did not go through anything nearly as intense like that. But that that week when I got saved from the moment that Amy forgave me, which I believe was Jesus talking to me through Amy to the, the week after where I'm curled up in the fetal position on bed and can't move because I'm having spiritual warfare happening to me. And it wasn't until Amy said, that's, that's exactly what's happening to you because the devil knows he's losing you and this is his last chance. 
to get you. And because as soon as she said that, it was gone. Like she spoke it and it was gone. I read that in your book and I I thought, wow. So I, but so, so it's just, it's, you know, it's, um, yeah, it's amazing to hear, hear how God is working. And and that's why it's so important, you know, that I, I love that, that you, the both of you can be vulnerable and talk about this together because you are going to restore marriages, not only restoring your marriage, but helping other people get past the pain and the hurt. Because I think if, if people can hear your story and people can hear the story of Amy and me, and, um, you know, and if, if we can survive and if we can build our marriage back together, then I know, I know God and Jesus can heal any marriage out there. Absolutely. And, you know, it's, Randall and I are 100% convinced that we're not the only ones that God's going to show up miraculously to. We're um, not special. We're not special. We did not deserve it. We didn't earn it. We we didn't really ask for it. And it just happened. And it was so outrageous that it happened. And we know there are some people that think, you know, may say, oh, you're crazy. This is crazy. You're not, this didn't really happen. But, you know, it did happen. And we believe that you know, a revival is coming, a revival of signs and wonders. And we're just the beginning, you know, we're, we're just, we're a part of that in some way. We know we're part of that. God, God, you know, plucked us out of, you know, out of nothingness and said, Hey, you guys, I'm, 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 I'm showing up to you. You're going to be a part of this revival. And this is going to be the beginning. You know, other people are going to have encounters like you and I'm going to restore marriages. I'm going to restore families. I'm, you know, and, and God's going to reveal himself in a miraculous way moving forward. We're in that season right now. Yeah. yeah and I love, I love the way how you describe that. And, you know, of course, I, I think you're special, you know, but, but I mean, really, right. We're just normal, average, everyday, common people walking this planet. And I can't explain it, but somehow God has touched our lives in a way that it's like, and I think that's why we, we, I think that is why we have these stories is because we are just, you know, these little tiny specks, but God wants to use us uh, in a way well, to help testimony others. Testimony is a spirit of prophecy. You know, what, what God does in our lives is a prophecy for what he's going to do in other people's lives, because yeah. he says he uses all things for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. And so you know, he told us to show up and tell our story. And, <laughs> you know, I, I just remember looking at Randall going, you're crazy. I'm not going to, I'm not going to show up and tell our story to the world. It's an ugly, raw, terrible, chaotic story. And, and then, you know, and here we are, you know, three years later, we've written a book and, you know, we've been on stage and spoken to, you know, thousands and thousands of people um sharing our very raw and ugly story but also it's a beautiful it you know there's beauty in it as, as yeah. well yeah, yeah that's and i um guess I, I i need to get amy in the same room with the three of us because i want i want you to talk to her too because just hearing your story it's i mean i, I can feel it because it felt the same way like amy thinks that we're crazy like why why are we going out and talking about the worst parts of our life to everybody, but like, but we have to, right? We have to show how broken we were, and then show how God was able to redeem us. And yeah. but I think also kind of like to to what you've been talking about, Tracy, like God is going to work through Amy, 
by her standing her ground, keeping her faith, and praying faithfully for as long as she did for me, like he is going to change a lot of lives through her. Absolutely. The fact that she stayed with you yeah. through, through all of it and showed the love of Jesus. You saw Jesus. Your book says that you saw Jesus in her. Yeah. And that, that's so big. It's so huge for, and, and Randall has said the same about me. He's seen Jesus through me as well. When, when I forgave him and we reconciled, you know, during those nine years, I heard him say that more, you know, multiple times. And I think that we have to realize that there are marriages out there today where both parties are wanting to bail and just say, I'm out. I can't do this anymore. I can't stay in this anymore. It's too, it's too much. There's been so much pain and suffering. You know, obviously we don't want people to live in, in a physically abusive situation. And obviously if that's, you know, what anyone listening today is encountering, you know, maybe there's a physical distance that you need to have in order to feel safe. But outside of that, I think we live in a society today where it's a me, me, me society. What's in it for me? What am I getting out of this? I'm not happy. I've, I, I'm not, I'm not getting in what I've, what I've been putting in. I, they're the grass is greener on the other side and people just bail and it creates such devastation to your children, to your heart, to your relationship with the Lord. And when I divorced Randall, I divorced God too for a while. And my, my relationship was really solid with God before we got divorced. And I went, you know, really until he showed up in 2019, it was just, I was in charge. I was in control of my own life and I wasn't going to let any man back in and be dominant in my life anymore, including God. And, and I created a lot of just suffering as a result of that. And, you know, now things have come back full circle where, you know, I really do um, respect Randall. I look up to him. He is the leader. He is my husband. And God is, is number one in our lives. And when we, there, we suffer these consequences when we bail and we walk away from the marriage, even when it's, and that's the advice, you know, and I think Amy has a lot that she can, that she can bring to so many women who are seeing their husbands, you know, doing whatever they're doing. Men do a lot of bad things, just like women do. You know, women are not immune to it either. I, I was going to say, Neil, that, you know, I had a lot, and uh, it really hit home when I read that, you know, when you kind of, the mask came off, and you said, okay, I mean, this is what I've been doing, and the same with Tracy, I remember the day specifically, I, I you know, what Tracy did in um, having to, it, it saying, you know, we're done, it had to happen for what happened beginning March 13th, 2019, that part had to, had, had to happen, we had to be divorced, we had to do be apart for five years god worked through all of that i would say it had to happen but god that was god's plan i mean he knew it was going to happen that'll, that'll mess with your mind really a lot it may not be god's plan because we have free yeah. will right but you know so it might have been a different 
He knew it was going to happen, but he was going to bring it back around for the good. God just used it. He used those five years apart for us to heal and for us to mature, for us to grow. And, you know, but I also find it very odd that neither one of us remarried. We, you know, we continued to stay single and, you know, and then he miraculously brought us back together. So, you know, God, God was there the whole time. And, I don't know if it was his plan. It wasn't his plan for us to get divorced, but, Surely but not, he, but used, he, he used, he took that, all the good stuff, space, all yeah. the bad stuff and turned it to the good. Yeah. I mean, he's always orchestrating behind the scenes. And so again, back to the worst days of your life and the best, y'all have meaning. And if we put God at the center and we know, and we trust, and we know the Bible says it, but I mean, God is so good. We know that he wants the best for us, period, the end. You know, Satan is attacking the family. He's taking men, women, children. He's doing everything he can to tear the family apart. He can tear the family apart. He can tear the community apart. And then the city, then the nation, then the world. That's his plan. And so it's tough. Uh, Trace and I, we we have learned uh, very well to fight the spiritual battles that are going on that we can't see. We didn't really think about them before. We didn't consider them before. But one thing that really woke Tracy up that first day uh, when the Lord said the thing had to leave, said, I'm in the house now. Kept angels on the corners of your roof. It's never coming back. He's been banished. It's been banished forever. Later, he told me the thing had intelligence in life. And later, a name, his name was Chaos. And I don't like to... Uh, you know, I think it's easy to to want to add to what the Lord said. It could, yeah, could it be a, a demon? I think it was a thing. Period. That's what the Lord said. I kind of, I don't kind of. I feel strongly that if He wanted wanted to tell me one thing further about what it was, He would have. He told me enough, and it freaked me out. It freaks me out to talk about it in this moment. Wow. No, they're there, and we've got to fight them. Yeah, we do absolutely. Um, so. I want to ask, you know, what are some of the things that, that you did? Now, obviously there was a lot of trust that needed to be rebuilt in your marriage to get to this point, putting God at the center, right. Is the most important thing, but beyond that, how did you, how are you able to help rebuild that trust to get your marriage to the place where it is today? uh, You want to go there? Yeah. yeah. Um, Well, when things were, before we had the encounter, well, let me just back up and say that, you know, in our first marriage, there was infidelity and we got divorced because of that. There was also some, uh, some, some addiction to, uh, or abuse of marijuana. Mm-hmm. Um, but we were, we were wearing a lot of masks. We were attending church. And so, but, but it was just the, the, the head injury that had not been properly treated. So there was a lot of ups and downs. I mean, Randall had been diagnosed bipolar and, you know, but, but ultimately it was the head injury that had been untreated. And so when we got divorced for, you know, all of those reasons, when we got back together, I had no doubt in my mind that Randall would never cheat again. And he didn't. And there was never any concern whatsoever during the nine years that we were back together that I I felt that he would cheat. 
Um, I wasn't going to blow it again. No. You, know, you get a second chance with this girl, you don't mess it up. Again. And so he, so, so I knew he was 100% dedicated to me and our relationship. But then when he lost his business, his biggest client just one day out of the blue called up and said, Hey, we've had a great run. It was a 25 year client. And it really was the main revenue source for his business. And when they said, we're done, just just because when anything Randall did, Randall went into a deep depression and started smoking marijuana every day. And this went on for five years and he wasn't working. And I was fed up. I was like, you're smoking marijuana every day. You're not providing. I didn't sign up for this. And so that was really where the struggle was. And I, and I knew he was depressed. I knew that he had a lot of pain and hurt. And so, so I would say the trust that that really needed to be rebuilt with Randall was, you know, not smoking marijuana every day and being. I lied about it too, Bill. I mean, it's like, yeah, I remember she came home uh, uh, one day about uh, early. Well, we, during the five years that he was smoking marijuana, there were all of these, we, we just kept negotiating. Okay. Well, how much is too much? Well, how often should you do it? Well, when should you start doing it? And, you know, it's like, because we lived in California and marijuana is legal in California. So, you know, there's this, you know, so there was a lot of negotiating. Uh, is marijuana bad for you? Um, is it really, can you really get addicted to marijuana? Well, how much, you know, can it be used for medicinal purposes? Because it was my coping mechanism, yeah, you know, like you know, yours was, the, you know, your, yep. yours was the, you know, porn or whatever. And mine was the, the marijuana at this point in time. The other things were were gone because I, you know, I, I loved her. Actually, I know I loved her, was more committed to her at that point than she me. I mean, I just. That is true. Yeah. That's and so, true. yeah, but uh, we did have a, go ahead. I'm sorry. So after, so Randall continued to smoke marijuana after God showed up. Yeah. And I did struggle with that because. You questioned me. About I did it. question him even during the 10 days because I said, so how does God feel about you smoking marijuana right now and you know I'm not trying to judge you you know but I you know our bodies are a temple of, of the Lord and I you know and I, he'd been you know just excessively using marijuana for five years and and you know Randall said God's not like that and what's so crazy is that I truly do believe that the father was not judging Randall in that moment he just wasn't he wasn't putting any sort of judgment on Randall he was intervening right there in that moment because he knew my husband needed intervention he was feeling hopeless he was feeling lost and the father loves randall tremendously and it was you know um but i was concerned throughout you know even after you know god showed up i thought you know is he going to go back to you know uh, an angry irritable person because whenever Randall wasn't high, he was very difficult to be around. He was irritable. He was uh, grumpy. He was jonesing for that next hit, you know, and I didn't even enjoy being around him. And we did have a little bit of chaos that yeah, let, me, let me get, I want to back up, you know, I did not smoke pot every day during the 10 days. I mean, it was too much. I, I don't even, couldn't even tell you there's in the book, it, it details it well, but I will tell you, Tracy said, well, God wasn't judging in that moment, but it was kind of funny after he left, 
from day 40. If you know anything about it, I don't, I didn't really study numerology. I'm not, not a scholar, but I did have no look, you know, looking at the numbers. I knew 40 was a big number and uh, in the Bible, in the Bible. Yeah, right. and, and one of the things that I found out that 40 is an actual probationary period. And so on day 40, uh, proverbial, uh, I mean, it, it hit the fan. Let's just say that, you know, it hit the fan on that day. We got and, in a big conflict on yeah, the 40th day. I mean, and, wow. and it lasted uh, for 40 it, more days, 40 more <laughs> days. It, you know, it lasted four more days, but I just, I had my three year anniversary uh, just to, like last week about not smoking pot and I don't drink either. So I'm totally sober at this point. She still loves me anyway. And I'm doing a lot better than that, but uh you know, the, the thing is, like Tracy said, even though I quit smoking pot, there were still, I had going through the withdrawal part of it. And then it, that was not pretty. And it was, it was uh, actually, uh, it was a terrible time. It really was. He, it, we, this was after God had been there. He'd worked all these things in my life. He just, and it, it was a struggle because I was just acting out at that point bad. But then finally, um, you know, when I gave it the pot, I, I knew I just turned it over to God because everybody was more important to me than me. And uh, God made it all, all, all well. And, and like on day 80 or 90, I think it's when we got going on the, I mean, we're on the same footing. We haven't looked back since now. Yeah. And I want to say that what made the trust really grow and be so strong is that I've seen this incredible transformation in my husband. He gets, he has such a longing and desire to, to be with God. He's become the spiritual leader of our family. And Randall gets up every morning and he spends anywhere from an hour to three hours with God every day. He's started journaling on the sixth day of the encounter and he's journaled every single day since. And the Lord speaks to Randall through his pen and, you know, he's anointed Randall with a very strong gifting of prophecy. And that has been, he, I, I now idolize my husband and I see him as such a godly man where as before I, I did, I, I was, I was, had a constant mind battle. He's not good enough. You deserve better. Why are you with this guy? And now I have a husband who puts God first and that gives me such safety and security. Like, like I think every woman wants, she wants to know that her husband is, is, is honoring God and putting God first. And I think because that's what God wants. Right. And seeing my husband do that every day, I just, I just am so in love with him now and I trust him a hundred percent. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. And that's, you know, that shows, I think the importance of, of when you do put God in the middle of your relationship, what he can do for it. But also, I think the one thing that that Amy and I have learned is that when we pray together to God, that's when it even like it turbocharges things. I'm not saying God answers all of our prayers, not not in the long shot, but but when we are together with God in that time of prayer, it's there's just something about it that like and it's just like why don't we do this more often like exactly no, but one thing um, to what you said about god answering prayer the vision that we started talking about the vision of expanse i call it where where everything i saw the lights and on the background uh if you read the book to call that well god showed me that 
He doesn't answer all of our prayers, but he did tell me at that point the reason why he didn't answer him. I was so thankful. I remember that that the reason why that he didn't answer those prayers because he he knows what's best for us. We don't always pray. We pray for what makes us comfortable. Uh, like, I don't want a spanking, Lord, but you need a spanking for your parent type thing if you, you you get the analogy there we you know we pray we pray for things we don't need and and and, and the lord knows what's best for us but uh, anyway so um i also you also renewed your wedding vows is that right we did we did so when we got back together and you know like i said we've you know been together for nine years randall was very committed to me but i wasn't 100 percent committed to him i I loved him and I, you know, wanted us to have this amazing relationship, but I was, I was really concerned that he was going to, you know, slip back into some sort of mode that was going to be uh, not good for me. And so, and I really believe that sabotaged our relationship during those nine years because he had asked me to marry him. And I was just like, no, I'm not quite ready to do that yet. No, I'm, you know, I was just, I was on the fence. I was committed. I was, you know, we were in a monogamous relationship, but I just wasn't quite, I wanted to be able to bail at any moment. If things got too bad, I wanted to say, I'm out of here, you know, and it would be easy. Um, and so after the encounter, uh, it was just, it wasn't, you know, maybe just a few months after the encounter with God that Randall said, you know, we, I want us to be married. And I said, I'm ready to get married. And, and then the Lord prompted us to go to Israel and oh, wow. we went to Israel and we got married in Jer old Jerusalem and at Christ church, right inside the Jaffa gate. And it was the most magical wedding. Yeah. And actually the the cover of our book is a photo from Israel at the Dead Sea. Um, we, I'm looking at it right now. Yeah, and it was just, everything was just perfect. I mean, we, we, we really had people just showed up from out of nowhere saying, hey, do you need help with your wedding? We saw that you announced on, you know, social media that you're going to get married in Israel to have you where, where are you going to get married? Well, we don't know yet. You know, we're just, we're, we're figuring out. And they're like, well, we know, I know somebody at Christ church. Well, I know this person, well, you should go here and do this. And we, everything just got completely planned for us without any effort on our part. Yeah. So it's interesting. So I'm going to share this. And by the time this episode airs, this will have already happened, but um, I'm actually going to, Amy and I are going to get remarried. Oh, um, wow. Uh, this would happen in June, June 4th. Now, she doesn't know this yet. Now, we've talked about exchanging vows, but um, at the end of the service next Saturday night, we're going to hang around and our pastor is going to do a very uh, quick and informal just, you know, with some of our, you know, the, some of our church family around, but it is like, that's it, pretty cool. And to hear you talk about it, it gives me goosebumps because I'm to, you know, I, I, we it's just celebrated our everything for y'all. Yeah. I really believe it. yeah. it's going to really, for us, yeah. it was so emotional and we act differently. And that's the thing I think people need to understand is that you can be in a monogamous committed relationship, but if you do not get in front of a pastor and say those vows to each other, it's just not the same. 
yeah. in front of God instead of yes. each other. Exactly. Yeah. It's just not the same. There's a, there is a, a, it just changed everything in our, the dynamics of our relationship. And you guys are already married, but read just renewing those vows. Yep. It's yeah. so, I think it's really important to do that. If you've been through some traumatic things in your marriage. Well, we, you know, and we, we just celebrated our 10 year anniversary in May but like I, like I say, though, we've really only been married for two years. The first yeah. eight years of our marriage were just, you know, were just a big lie. The lie that I was perpetrating and the evil that I was bringing in. So, um, but yeah, I'm, I'm excited to, uh, awesome. to undertake that and surprise her. I think it's going to be awesome. That's incredible. I'm so um, glad you guys are doing that. It's yeah, amazing. yeah, me too. Um, so um, tell everybody where they can find your book. It's on Amazon. Okay. Um, so you can go to Amazon to get, uh, we have ebook paperback and hardback. We'll have audio available in the future. Um, but it's beyond impossible. We have Kindle. Oh yeah. Yes. Kindle. Yeah. Ebook. And then, um, and then people, if you want to learn more about us and what we're doing, uh, you can learn more about us just by going to our website, which is randallandtracy.com and all of our social media channels, same thing, Randall and Tracy. And that's Randall with one L. I, I'm not supposed to say that. She can say that. <laughs> well, I, I thank you so much for coming on this. I knew this conversation was going to be awesome, and, and it was. And I, I think God has put us together in this walk, in this season I for agree, a reason. Neil. So uh, I'm, I'm excited to see where it goes. And um, I just us thank too. you so much. We can't wait. Yeah, thank Absolutely. you for coming on. Thank you for having Great. us. Great to be here. Uh, thanks again to Randall and Tracy for coming on and sharing their story. And, you know, it's, I love listening to hear what God is doing in other people's lives, because number one, it fills me up with encouragement to know that he is still working. And it also then just always is a reminder of, of what God has done in my life. And I think there are a lot of similarities between kind of what Randall and I have put our wives through, but, but both Tracy and Amy have been able to to stay faithful to God and to, to work through the challenges that we've had in our marriages. And now, you know, their marriage is, is rock solid. And I'm just so appreciative that they were able to come on and talk about it. And I encourage you to check out their book, Beyond Impossible. You can find it on Amazon and you can also check it out uh, on their website, randallandtracy.com if you want to learn more about them. And um, I'm just, uh, just thank you so much for listening and, and coming on this journey with me. And we've got a lot more, uh, a lot more journey to go. I'm looking forward to continuing the conversation with everybody because as you know, Jesus did not come to hang out with the saints and the righteous. He came to hang out with the sick and the sinners of the world, just like you, just like Randall and Tracy, and just like me. Have a good week, everybody. Mm -hmm.